Welcome to Christian Warrior Women, the number one spot for women desiring the real, raw truth. How to live in confidence without doubt. The battle for your identity, faith, and courage in relationships, health, and wealth with God is real. Here is Lisa Hawkins, author, coach, and minister. Well, good afternoon, ladies, and I am grateful to God to be here with you today. I am, the subject today is we're going to talk about loneliness, and we're going to talk about chronic loneliness, because something I have um, talked about in the book and have worked with women on is depression, but it's surprising to me that a number of Christian women do not understand that they're suffering with chronic loneliness. And it's at the root of their depression, their lackluster um, flair for life, their interest in doing things. So I want to break it down simple, real dirty and, and raw so that we can talk about this. I have struggled with this. And I found an article that I thought really um, sliced and diced it in an accurate way that can hopefully make it clear for you, because it reminded me of things that and actions and behaviors that I participated in. And it actually reminded me when I lost my mom that some of those old behaviors and thoughts tried to creep back in. And I can see certain signs of um, loneliness trying to be within my life after losing my mom because there was uh, loneliness that I couldn't feel until this day. I still sense it's there. And I'm sure if any of you have ever lost a mom or, or a parent, even a father, um, you probably know what I'm feeling. It's like a feeling that it just doesn't go away. Um, and especially if you're really close with that parent. And my mom was like my best friend. So I have moments where I really miss um, her to pick up the phone or to talk about subjects that I only had or would discuss with her. And so in those moments, I have to I, I knew shortly after she passed that I didn't recognize that I was falling back into some patterns that will bring on depression. So I truly hope today that you are blessed and we all know scriptures to quote and say sometimes to make others think that we're okay when we're not. And I hope what today really unveils for you is the opportunity to know that the enemy may want to keep you trapped and in loneliness and alone and isolated, but it truly is a choice. And you can choose to not be alone or suffer through chronic loneliness. And so I hope at the end of this podcast, you feel inspired to do this. And I really want you to take the subject matter into prayer after you read this podcast. And as you're hearing some of the terms and some of the, the symptoms, to jot down some of those, you might say, well, I don't think it's chronic. 
But whether it's minor or whether it's chronic, write it down because it's a seed that's breeding to reproduce and to bring what? To rob, steal, and destroy your life through joy and through happiness, through relationships, and through your interactions in the workplace. This will affect your money, your relationships, your children, and want to make sure that we are all living to the fullest of what God has in store for us, okay? Amen? So let's define what is loneliness if we look at what loneliness means. Sadness because one has no friends or company. You know, we can, we could hang our hat on that, but you can be lonely and suffer with loneliness and be in a marriage. You can be lonely and have a ton of friends. And we're going to define why that can happen. So don't look at loneliness because a lot of times people choose to isolate themselves from friends because of shame, because of um, things they may not want to confess is going on in their life. So instead of explaining it to other people or believing they won't understand or maybe they won't have have empathy, we may choose to just not deal with people at all. Social media helps us escape and helps us appear to be connected if we get likes and whatnot. But many people behind those messages are struggling with loneliness. If your only connection with people is through likes on a computer, I would challenge you to believe are these friends are are these just people that when you see a bunch of likes, that makes you feel good, but they don't know you and may not even care a thing about you. It just might be that particular thing you commented on. So we can struggle in loneliness in many ways. Another piece of this definition is a quality of being unfrequented, remote, and isolated. And I truly believe and in, in what I'm going to talk about today, that that's really at the heart of being unfrequented. Of, of, and when I say unfrequented, of physically being unfrequented and physically being isolated from people, from other thoughts of you. And I really think um, that's a good place to start. So let's think about some of the signs that and symptoms and of chronic loneliness, because I think what's considered chronic, many of us may be thinking, oh, it's no big deal. But medically, this is a chronic situation. And when something's chronic, it's pretty serious. So whether you have one of these symptoms or all of these symptoms, it's something that you want to address and address in a manner that brings you restoration, brings you healing and brings you a new outlook to life. So I'm going to list um, these that I found and actually an insurance, Cigna actually did an um, article on this and it came at the right time that I wanted to share this with each of you. So I'm gonna kind of um, skim and give you the summary and the key points of this article by Cigna. Number one, what we would call all of us have felt lonely. And we go through short bouts of loneliness. But many women that I minister to or I talk to, they are going through long, 
bouts of loneliness or feeling alone and feeling isolated and it becomes more of a long term which there obviously then is a more serious sign and symptoms to be aware of because I'm also going to share how this can affect not only it can affect your health and your well-being so what is chronic loneliness it occurs when feelings of loneliness and uncomfortable social isolations go on for long periods of time it's characterized by constant and unrelenting feelings of being alone, separated, or divided from others, and an inability to connect on a deeper level. And I will tell you, in this political arena in the United States, there's a lot of people who might feel, <laughs> I'm not trying to make a joke of this part, chronically alone in their political views. But we're never really alone. Because why? We have God. God's word says that he will never leave us or forsake us. So even in your moments of loneliness, God is there. And what I found in my struggle with loneliness or depression, because I felt alone, I felt that's what God wanted me, how God wanted me to feel. I felt uninspired or encouraged to pray because I was like, oh, this is just I had no energy or no excitement to think about praying. And you know, that's when, that's when we have to pray. That's when we have to pray in that wounded voice and in that tearful moment, in that tired or in that weary, struggle-filled volume. Because if we only pray when we feel good, then do we really have faith? Is that really the Christian way, isn't it that God is there in our darkest and deeper um, feelings and emotions? And if we don't allow him to bring his healing power, allow the Holy Spirit to bring change and transformation over our heart and over our mind, then we're not living in the fullness. Because through our struggle is how we learn. When you think about the disciples and you read the book of Acts and you think about where Peter was before Christ died and what Peter became after he died and the boldness that he had, what did he have? How did, why did he have that? Because of the power he received in the Holy Spirit, the power he had by what he had witnessed and, and by what he knew that God had told him. And many of us have heard God speak to us, but we still stay in that current state. Okay, so let's look at what are the main signs and symptoms of chronic loneliness, because we need to defeat this demon and these spirits out of our life right now. Too many of you and and me have suffered with this, and we need to face it, combat it with the word and move through it, okay? One, and this is if you consistently feel some or all of the following. You may be dealing with chronic loneliness. Inability to connect with others on a deeper, more intimate level. Maybe you have friends and family in your life, but engagement with them is at a very surface level. Your interaction doesn't feel connected in a way that is fulfilling, and this disconnection seems never-ending. 
And to me, this is an easy one that I think every person alive has probably had this feeling. So maybe with friends and family. We'll use church as an example. When you know you're in the midst of struggle and you go to church and you put your makeup on, you put your the right dress, the right shoes, the sexy dress or whatever it is that you want and hope will make you feel good. And you go to church and someone asks you, how are you feeling? Well, let's be honest. Half the people asking don't really want to know the truth, right? But do you ever decide to be transparent and real and share, you know, I'm really having a struggle this week? It doesn't mean you have to go through your whole life story, but it could be that you share one area that someone could pray with you on, that maybe if your church has an altar call, that you could go up and ask for prayer for that one thing. I am um, anyone who knows me or has gone to church with me, when there's an opportunity for someone to pray with me about something, I will go up and I will, it doesn't have to be major or significant, but to me, just the battle of life, just the battle of staying positive or being in God's will. I have asked people to pray that with me so many times that my decisions will be will be aligned with God's will for my life, that I will pursue what he's called me to do and not what my heart and my flesh desires to do. That right there, I could get prayer for every week. But I'm talking about even deeper areas where you may be struggling at the job with a boss and you may go up and just say, I need prayer about... um, managing personalities at the workplace. You don't always have to feel like you're worried about people breaking your confidence. You know, that's the enemy, filling your head with lies. To be quite honest, people have enough of their own problems to really then add yours to their dialect. And if they do, shame on them and God will deal with them. But we have to deal and come before God um, for ourselves and not worry about what Tom, Dick, and Harry may say or who might see you going up to the altar. It doesn't matter what your title is in church, what your job or what your role is. I'm going to say this simply, take your butt to the altar and get someone to pray for you. Because in this area of having difficulty of connecting with others, maybe you're a single mom or you're single in general, and you find it difficult to connect with the opposite sex. Connecting isn't just about sexual activity, but connecting and having friends and having people interested in you and having something, a light or something about your personality that draws people to you. We need prayer for that, and we need to be praying for that as well. Okay, so sometimes instead of gossiping about others, you may say, hey, you know what? I don't want to talk about so-and-so. I need you to pray with me about me having stronger and deeper connections with my family. Family can be difficult and can be challenging. But in all those areas, we need to seek God and friends for wisdom. Number two, no close or best friends. You have friends, but they are casual friends or acquaintances, and you feel you can find no one who truly gets you. I can relate to this first part. Um, A number of years ago, I would say, especially seven years ago, 
people would say that, oh, Lisa knows a lot of people because I was serving in five different churches and on this healing team and this prophetic team and was doing all this stuff. So you would assume that, oh, she has a lot of friends. And I apologize if any of these friends are listening right now who are saying, I was a friend. I'm not saying that no one was a friend, but on a whole, I felt people were They were casual friends or they were acquaintances. They were people I knew, maybe by name that you hug and you say, hey, and and you keep going. But were they involved in my life in a weekly or monthly basis? Did we meet and break bread with one another? Or did I just see you in passing and say hello to me? That's casual. That's what I call that Christianese praying for you, sister kind of thing but not really someone you go to the movies with, someone you might have dinner with, or someone that you might be in a small group together where you are open and honest with one another. And so social media helps you create this persona because if you go on and you're seeking likes and stuff, people will think, I knew someone that had 10,000 likes and came and told me they were struggling with loneliness. And I was like, oh, wow. I see you're so active online and you've seen so many, you're so active with this one and that one. I would have never suspected that. But it was all online. It was all the face. It was all the facade. I think people are struggling with loneliness more now than they were before 10, 20, 15 years ago because you had to deal face to face with people. Now you could just hide behind a screen. So we have to have interaction. We have to break bread. We have to, when we think we're struggling with loneliness, we have to get out and be among God's people, be among people in the world. Your light can't shine only behind a computer screen. Your presence, the power of God within you, that presence of you being before someone has significant power. Let's go to number three overwhelming feeling of isolation, regardless of where you are and who you're around. You can be at a party and surrounded by dozens of people, and yet you feel isolated, separate, and disengaged. Whether at work, you may feel alienated and alone. Same on a bus train or walking down a busy street. It's as if you're in your own unbreakable bubble. Hmm. Sound familiar to anyone? Have you ever seen people, when I see people at parties or at functions, I haven't been to a party in a while, um, but now that I think about it, but when when I see people that seem isolated, it always draws me to go over to them to get them engaged because some people need a push. Some people, they need someone to start a conversation with them. And I'm extrovert like that in public settings. It's like I can go in a strange room and I can I can start having conversation with people and engage with people so that I make my time while I'm there enjoyable. And I had to do that for work, being the only woman and person of color in every job I had. I had to learn how to infiltrate and, you know, hobnob and and make the rounds. And so We have to, again, if you decide to go to a party, 
then you need to be engaged at the party. Not looking sad and sulky and like, oh, when is this going to be over? You don't have that as a mean. You have to have a conversation with every single person. But you can have a smile on your face and you can find one group. Try to at least find three different groups maybe in a party where you may not even be one-on-one with someone if you got issues with starting out with one-on-one. But that you go and you stand by three groups and you engage in conversation. You smile. You add your two cents. You don't have to take over the conversation, but you allow yourself to hear and participate in three different conversations in the room. Then you can say, even if you wind up just sitting near one and watching the animation of other people, it keeps you engaged and involved. Don't find a corner in a room with a glass of wine or just a plate of food and you just sit there and, and say, I came and checked the box. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Negative feelings of self-doubt and self-worth. Does it feel like you are always less than enough? These feelings long-term are another possible symptom of chronic loneliness. I have had individuals who stated well that they don't go to parties because they, you know, They won't get a date or, you know, they're overweight or, you know, they're shy or they'll come up with all these different reasons. And I'll always ask, what does that have to do with going to a party? What does that have to do with going to the movies? What does it have to do with having lunch with one person? What does that have to do with going on a vacation? Anytime I find a single friend or woman who takes all her vacations with their children only, I'm always like hitting my head on the wall. Why? Why are you only going on vacations with your children? And you could say, well, Lisa, maybe it's financial. Nobody said it has to be a big time vacation. Hey, how about these staycations? Staycation and go to lunch downtown with a girlfriend. Start a group of women who are looking to connect and maybe that are just like you. There are the negative feelings of self-doubt. You have to, dis- this is a piece of identity. And we've talked about this in other podcasts that you can definitely review and go over. Self-doubt is, we're talking from the Christian perspective. You can have self-doubt in what you can do, but you have to have confidence in what God can do. Your self-worth, without God, we have no worth. Right. So if it's hard for you to brag about who you are, what you have and what you're capable of, then brag about who God is and how he made you capable of all things with the power of the Holy Spirit. Hopefully that will help you on that one. Next is where are we? Let's see. We've done one, two, three, four. We're on number five. When you try to connect or reach out, it's not reciprocated and you're not seen or heard. I think everyone has experienced this. Even people who are extroverts can tell a joke that goes flat, can be around people that who they don't feel like "Mm, this isn't the group. Guess what? You find a new group of people. 
We always can find, if you find 10 people or 20 people, I'll even give you 30 people that you've tried to connect and reach out with. It's not reciprocated. How many millions of people are there in the world? There are people that are like you. There are, But you know what you have to do to find these people? You have to get out. You have to connect. You have to do things. You have to go places. You have to allow yourself the opportunity to be introduced to such people. Because there is no such thing that there aren't people like you in the world. That's an excuse the devil gives you to keep you at home. Well, you want to go there. Oh, don't go to that gym. All those girls have great bodies. They're in a gym for the reason. You didn't see them when they started at the gym. You may be seeing some of them after a year or eight months or nine months of being at the gym. But it doesn't matter where they are. It matters where you are and where you're beginning. I went to, um, if when you read the book, you'll hear about how I got into ballroom dancing. And let me tell you, I got into ballroom dancing and I wasn't allowed to do dance as a child. And so I go into ballroom dancing and in the classes, there are people who have been dancing for 10 years and a few people that were like me. And guess what? And I was also one of the older students in the class. And I had to watch the sexy, slim dancer bodies go by and do the moves that the teacher was showing us that I thought was difficult because I'm older and not as limber as I was when I was 21. But guess what? I didn't care. I'm going to get myself in shape and moving so that I can move Lisa the way Lisa can best move at this point in her life. And I didn't let shame and I didn't let other people looking at me mess up deter me from moving forward. Because in my mind, I'm just starting. I don't know where they've been. And then I had other people that were younger just starting and feeling awkward start encouraging me and was like, oh, and they told me later that they were so encouraged if, if you were willing to do it and not care what people thought. It made them. So you never know when you start something who you're inspiring. Because truly, I didn't start that for them. I was doing it for me. And it was what I wanted to do. And it didn't matter if I was laughed at or chuckled at. I'm doing this because I enjoy it. And this is something I've come to love and enjoy. Whereas in under six months, I was doing competition ballroom. And by me competing in my first competition made many young people, even people of color who hadn't competed and they saw me competing and there was only two African-Americans, I think, in one of our competitions. And I may have been the only one in another competition. The next competition time came around and I saw other African-Americans joining in because what they told me after I did my heat of competition, girl, after I saw you, I'm encouraged that I'm going to I'm going to dance. And some of them had been dancing for years and they let a woman in her 40s, late 40s dance and show them in six months what they could have been doing years earlier. So don't ever think that because you've tried to reach out and didn't work, maybe I tried to reach out of my church. Maybe you're at the wrong church. 
Maybe you need to go to a church where there are more people your age, or maybe there are more social activities at another church that might fit your interest or your taste. We are we are the kingdom of God. The church is the kingdom. Whether you go to church on this corner or you go to church on another corner, if they believe in the Son of God and they believe the same doctrine, let's not get locked down into the only place we can worship and praise God. Maybe you need to visit and maybe you need to join other groups and help build up ministries and where you'll meet someone. Okay? The last one. Number six, exhaustion and burnout when trying to engage socially. If you're dealing with chronic loneliness, trying to engage and be social with others can leave you feeling exhausted. Continued feelings of being drained can lead to other issues like sleep problems, a weakened immune system, poor diet, and more. I will tell you, when I found myself exhausted and burned out, from engaging socially, to be quite honest, it was at company functions. Because I was in a position where I managed a lot of senior managers, and then they had a lot of employees under them. So when we would have a company function, I would be trying to be uplifting because I'm meeting people that work in the front line of the business who are some are entry level or, or mid managers. And they're always kind of nervous meeting senior managers or middleman, people over them, let's put it that way. And they want to impress you. And your attitude and your actions um, can really affect someone who's in your organization. So I had to always be bright and cheery and engaging and, and trying to put on my key listening skills. And I always wanted to engage in those top performers and really give them a pat on the back. But I also wanted to talk to those who were struggling because I wanted them to know that they had my attention as well. And I wanted them to be encouraged and to know that I expect to see them next time when the reports come in and their sales numbers. So for me, and then there was also those who like to kiss a lot, if I won't even say it. You know, some of my peers, I would watch them. And at social events, I would have, you know, CEO or president there. And I'd have to put on the face and have my drill. And and what I learned after age, I think it was after age 35 to 40, is I just decided to be me. I didn't, um, doing my work and having my results be there so that when I did engage and I was asked a question, I could, but I also learned how to make sure that I was authentic and not being pretentious. So I found it was exhausting because I was trying to be on for employees so that they wouldn't walk away and think if I wasn't as interested or as engaging, that they would take it personally. And sometimes even with church folks, it can be exhausting. Let's be for real. Because some people, when they know or believe you have the healing gift or the prophetic gift, they think it's a switch that's on all the time. So they want to come and get prayer. Do you feel a word? Do you sense a word? Or if you say something to them, they'll stop you. Was that prophetic or was that you just being nice? And you feel like, oh, Lord, I don't even know. What it was, I was thought I was being nice, and they'll stop and say, well, because you said something that I was dealing with today. And so 
I'm thinking that might be prophetic. And so I always joke and tell people, well, if you if it was prophetic to you, praise the Lord. The Lord gave you a message. But the Lord didn't come and say, Lisa, give that person a word. So when the Lord wants to speak to you, he can use you to bless people. And you had no clue that you were being used or engaged in that way until they tell you. But are you exhausted because you're wearing the mask? You're putting on the fake face. You're putting on the face at the job and at the at when you when you have the fake face at work, the face the fake face maybe in your relationship, the fake face at church, with your family, with your friends, that is exhausting. Because when you're alone in that chronic lonely state, you know the truth. And that bears the loneliness. When you have not one outlet where someone is seeing the true you, where you're able to express your true self. That's how I knew I suffered with chronic illness because I had it at the workplace. And when I came home as a single mom, I had children. I, and my children could even tell you that they knew certain years that I was struggling with depression. And to this day, I feel so bad that that was part of their childhood and that the waste of time for their development and my own, that there are times that I I feel guilty about that and I have to pray and, and I have asked them forgiveness probably too many times. But it's exhausting wearing the shield of single parenting and it could be even within the marriage. And you so what I... What I will charge and challenge you with is to make sure, whether it's via a mentor in the workplace, it doesn't have to be someone at your company. Find someone at another company that you can have lunch with monthly that maybe can be that person that's your sounding board, the person that you can just say, you know, I just need a person that... I could connect with that can help steer me and help keep me focused on where I'm headed in the in the workplace. Maybe you need that person spiritually, whether they go to your church or not. Maybe it's your small group leader, or maybe it's someone that is a seasoned, mature Christian person that can keep your confidence. But we can't live exhausted and burnt out and alone and and claiming that we have the Lord. The Lord has given us people to steward us. He's given us, when you look at the roles that the Lord has laid out of people in the body of Christ, we all have different gifts and different different talents. And when you are isolated and alone, you're not allowing yourself to be blessed by these different people with their skills and with their talents. And the one thing I learned about depression and I would say about loneliness is you can't, you have to make sure you're not alone. You have to make sure you're not alone. So, and what does that mean? Instead of choosing to sit home and watch TV, choose to walk, choose to go somewhere where there are other people, choose to strike up, learn to strike up possible conversations with people in like-minded settings. So for example, whether you join a small group 
or maybe you go online, there are a thousand groups. If you go online, and of course, it's going to slip my mind right now, the the groups that um, there's an app with different groups, you could come up with any interest that you have, and you can find a group. Maybe you're into art, you can find a group that's meeting to do art. Maybe you want a book club, you can find every angle of possible books. Maybe you want to write a book. There are groups out there that you can join. And what's great about it, those groups are meeting because they have an interest in the same thing you have an interest in. Could be a group about women surviving divorce. Guess what? You're going to find women that can help you get from where you are to the new identity, powerful woman you want to be. So when we say, how do we counter loneliness? We counter it with the opposite is we find a group and we choose to decide on one thing. I'm not asking you to find groups and be in three things in a month. Find one group. Think of what are the what is the thing that you want to do and possibly fearful of doing? Maybe that's the group that you should go and attack and break through that fear and break through that unworthiness and find others that are going to tell you, I promise you, that they felt the same way you felt when they showed up or at some point how they overcame that feeling. So I want you to choose to pray about and ask the Lord, reveal to me, Lord, what would be the best place for me to start? What one thing, what one group do I need to engage in to start to break away my mentality? Maybe it's a group that meets on healing and that meets on building up self-esteem or a group that meets on building faith. Whatever that group may be, it could be a Bible study group. Okay, BSF. Try to begin within the next week. Find one group or one area of, of habit or hobby that you can begin and be faithful and dedicated to. We have to start somewhere. Let's start with the one thing. So I hope today that the Lord has blessed you as we touched on this subject lightly. But I'm sure in these six areas of loneliness, of chronic loneliness, that one of those may have stood out to you that you need to change, that you need to counter. Or there may be one that wasn't mentioned today, but you know that you are struggling with it because you're isolated. You feel alone and you have no outlet of being your true self. I pray for you today in the name of Jesus, Lord, that every woman who is hearing this message, I pray, God, that the spirit of abandonment, of loneliness and isolation be broken off her life right now. I pray that the blood of Jesus covers her protects her and renews her heart this day to say, I am somebody that self-doubt is broken off, that loneliness is broken off, that fears, Lord, are broken off and that shame has no place in her heart and soul. 
that you fill her with love and that spirit of peace, that who she is is enough and that she is blessed and highly favored and uniquely made to bring you glory in the earth this day. In Jesus' mighty name, I send you love and happiness and I hope to hear from you and hear about the joy that God is bringing in your life this day and every day going forward. Amen.